Buddhism works. There are two types of temple in China, public temples in which any monk can stay for a while, and private temples funded by a particular person or family. People build private temples because they want to practice Buddhism at home, or perhaps because they want to give a temple to a certain group of monks as an offering. Private temples do not usually ask for donations, since they are privately owned and the public is not expected to support them. There's an interesting story that I would like to tell you about one of those private temples. Long ago, there was a very generous man who lived in the countryside. Everybody referred to him as the old man. His family had, long ago, built a temple to provide a sanctuary where monks could live and study the sutras. By the time of his generation, however, the old man had become the sole caretaker of the temple. As the years went by, the temple became run down and was in much need of repair. It finally came to the point where the monks would not be able to live there if no one tended to the damages. Unfortunately, the old man had already donated so much of his money to other causes in the village that he had become too poor to afford the repairs. He asked himself how he could pay for all those repairs and decided that as he could no longer take care of the temple by himself, he would give it to the townspeople so that others could pitch in and help maintain the run-down old buildings. So the old man gathered all the townspeople together and invited them to come over and have a look at the temple. He explained to them that if everyone would donate a little bit of their money to fix up the temple, he would in turn donate the temple itself for public use. The townspeople gladly agreed. After refreshments, they gathered around so that each one could write down the amount of money they would pledge to renovate the old temple. Since the temple had belonged to the old man after all, the townspeople thought it would be polite to have him be the first person to write down an amount, and then they would follow. The abbot of the temple opened a record book of donations and passed it to the old man. Without thinking, the old man wrote down $100, a very large amount in those days. What he had actually intended was for the townspeople to pitch in since he had no money left. Consequently, he wondered what was the point of him writing in any amount at all. But under the circumstances, he had to write down something. Honestly, he only wanted to write down $1, but because he was used to constantly donating hundreds of dollars or sometimes even thousands to his many charities, he automatically wrote down a hundred dollars without thinking. Even though the old man was now poor, it was hard for him to break the habit of donating large sums to good causes. The abbot was ecstatic when he saw the amount the old man wrote down. The temple only needed $60 for the repairs, but $100 was enough to tear the whole thing down and build a brand new one. So the abbot announced to the townspeople, the old man has just donated $100. That is more than enough for the repairs, so you people don't have to donate any more. Upon hearing this, 
the folks who were reluctant to donate in the first place were relieved and happy. But the old man really had no money at all. He didn't even have enough to feed himself. So how could he come up with $100 to fix the temple? However, even when rich people become poor, they still might possess some fine objects. As it is said, a wrecked ship still contains 3,000 nails. This means that even though there may not be much left of a wrecked ship, at least the many nails that held it together were worth something. So, in the end, the old man decided to sell his house in order to come up with the cash he had pledged. After the old man sold his house, he realized that he no longer had a place to live and that there was no food for him to eat and that there was no one to help him. He was all by himself. When the abbot of the temple found out about it, he said to the old man, You're such a generous person. You've sold your home to fix up the temple, and now you have no place to live. Why don't you live here at the temple? But the old man replied, I did a good deed, but I did not expect anything in return. I don't have any right to live here in the temple. Then how about donating just $90 instead of 100 That way, you can keep $10 to build yourself another house, suggested the abbot. But the old man refused and insisted, No, I want to donate $100. Once again, the abbot offered the old man a place to stay in the temple, and since the old man really did not have a place to live, he reluctantly agreed to move into the temple. The old man lost his sight two years after moving into the temple. He'd been able to take care of himself very well as long as his eyes were good, but when he became blind, he needed a little help. Luckily, everyone living at the temple was willing to lend him a hand. In the past, the old man had always helped his town maintain its roads and bridges. Shortly after he became blind, one of the bridges that he had once fixed became run down again and finally collapsed. It was one of the town's main bridges, which the townspeople frequently used and depended upon. Everyone knew that the old man had donated everything he had, so they could no longer expect him to help restore the bridge. When there is no one to help you, they discovered you must help yourself they found out that they had to work together to fix the bridge. A unified effort can conquer any obstacle. So when they were faced with the hardships brought on by the collapsed bridge, the townspeople combined their efforts and rebuilt the bridge in no time flat. The final step of the construction was to place the keystone, which would hold up the bridge and finish the job. They thought of the old man, who in the past had always mended the bridge himself for the benefit of all the villagers. Now that there was only one final step left to finish the new bridge, they decided to honor the old man by having him complete the task by placing the keystone in the middle of the bridge. That ceremonial final step was a big event for the townspeople. Everyone gathered around to watch the old man place the last stone in the center of the bridge and to celebrate a job well done. The day started out nice and bright. 
But just as the old man began setting the last stone into the arch of the bridge, the weather began to change. A strong wind was soon blowing and heavy rain began to fall. Thunder cracked and streaks of lightning sizzled down here and there all over the town. To everyone's dismay, just as the old man was lowering the keystone into place, a bolt of lightning crashed down on him and he was instantly killed. It was unbelievable. How could such a wonderful person die so horribly struck by lightning? Citizens from far and near knew that the old man was a kind-hearted and generous person. When they heard about his death, they all thought, only evil people get struck by lightning, so how could this happen to him? Everyone felt that it was a great injustice, and they all felt angry because of the horrible way the old man had died. His family had done so much for so many generations. If a person as kind as he was could suffer such an ill fate, what is the point of us doing any more good things? We're not going to get any good rewards anyway. The townspeople stood on the new bridge while they discussed the death of the old man. Meanwhile, a sedan chair carried by eight men was approaching in the distance. Inside this elegant conveyance was an imperial envoy. When the envoy came to the bridge, the old man's body was still kneeling there right in the middle of the bridge because the townspeople had not yet decided how to bury him properly. When the envoy saw that rather strange sight, the villagers had to explain to him what had happened. After hearing their story about the old man, the envoy felt just as angry as the villagers did. So he took out his brush and some ink and wrote on the old man's hand, Buddhism does not work. He thought that Buddhism was all about cause and effect. Do a good deed and get a pat on the back is what he had been taught. But what kind of causal operation was this? The old man had always done good deeds, yet Buddhism had not protected him from a horrible and undignified death. Consequently, all of the teachings of the Buddha must be false. So the envoy angrily wrote, Buddhism does not work on the dead man's hand to show his resentment. A few days later, after the emperor's envoy had finished his duties in that town, he headed back to the palace to present his report to the emperor. While he was reporting what he had seen, the story of the old man came up. When the emperor heard about the old man's blindness and his horrible death, he too was very bewildered. Now it so happened that a few days before he heard the envoy's story, the empress had given birth to a baby prince. Ever since his birth, the prince had been crying non-stop. Everyone tried everything to calm the baby down, but nothing worked. The emperor called for the baby to be brought out so his trusted envoy could take a look. The envoy gently stroked the baby's head to calm it down and then held the little prince's hands. To the envoy's amazement, he noticed on one of the baby's hands the same words that he had written on the old man's hand. Taken aback, 
The envoy quickly brought out his brush and added a few strokes to the words, changing them from Buddhism does not work to Buddhism works very well. The instant he changed the words, the baby stopped crying. Not only that, but a bright smile broke out on the baby's face. How amazing! After only a few strokes of the envoy's brush, the shrieking baby was bubbling with joy. I heard this story when I was a child. Let's look at it from the perspective of causal relations through three lifetimes. What is the logic behind this generous old man becoming blind and then getting struck by lightning? Here is a case where what might have been a harsh consequence became moderate because of the performance of good deeds. The suffering which was a result of bad deeds in a previous lifetime was brought out sooner and endured more swiftly because of the good deeds done in the present lifetime. As I have said, there are no 100% good people, nor are there any purely evil people. The old man must have done something bad in his past life that caused his blindness. Because he had done so many good deeds in this present life, he did not have to suffer the consequences of his previous life until he was older, so his suffering was comparatively brief. Obviously, one would suffer greater and longer from blindness if he were blinded at an earlier age. But the old man had been blind for only the last few years of his life. If his bad karma had not been reduced by his generous acts and brought to the surface in this life, he just might have had to suffer blindness for a whole lifetime. The same idea explains why he got struck by lightning. He must have committed the five sins at some time in his past lives to receive such a punishment in this life. But think! It would have been more of a pity if he had been struck down earlier. Instead, the old man had enough time in this life to work off all the bad karma from his previous lives so that he had the good fortune to be reincarnated as a prince. This proves that good people ultimately receive good rewards, and bad people inevitably suffer from their bad karma. It doesn't matter whether you do good deeds or bad. Different causes bring on their corresponding effects. When kind people encounter bad karma, it must have been caused by the bad deeds they had done in their previous lives. When bad people enjoy a happy life, it must be good karma accumulated from good deeds they had done in the past. In due time, bad people suffer for their bad karma even if it doesn't happen right now. What goes around comes around. Everyone should believe in karma. Moreover, one must understand that a cause and its effects do not always occur at the same time, or even in the same lifetime. Understanding this will help you feel happy and relieved, no matter how rough the times are that you are going through.